0: This episode of Talk Central is brought to you by Pinnacle, Africa's top ICT distribution business, delivering the exceptional every time. I'm Richard Hart van der And I'm Duncan MacLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 226, for the week starting 15 July 2018. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, SA's premier tech news website and podcast network. On Talk Central this week, is South Africa's digital migration project finally kicking into full gear? Also this week, DSTV opens the whole of Supersport to all subscribers And Photoshop is coming to the iPad. Nice. It's Sunday. We're live on cloud.techcentral.co.z and it's time to talk
1: everything technology.
0: Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rafat? How's it, Duncan? Very nice to have you in the studio for a change. Yeah, it's like the good old days, right? Yeah, A little intimate session of uh,
1: tel- talking tech for, for once.
0: Yeah, well, well welcome, welcome uh, to the studio. I um, well, like
1: what you've done with the soundproofing. It's, it's sounding. I'm looking forward to hearing what I'm going to sound like in this
0: soundproof uh, booth. Yeah, no, it's going to sound. Uh, it's going to sound very good indeed. Um, but yeah, good to have have you in the studio for a change instead of recording uh, on the internet. Um, Although it makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? We were talking about it before the show. (laughs) Just,
1: uh, you know, if you've got your setup at home, just cranking up uh, the old recording software and just uh, recording the the show. I mean, it's so much easier than setting up, driving out.
0: It's nice to have the ability to do that. Mm, For sure, for sure. We are recording live this Sunday afternoon, uh, as always. if you have any questions or comments, please do send us a whatsapp voice note we 'd love to hear from you don't be shy. The number is o seven one triple nine double one double one o seven one triple nine double one double one and you can send those all week and we'll include them in our show next week if we don 't do so today. But before we get into the week 's news let 's do our quiz. Let's do that. First question,
1: which pay TV provider is currently the subject of a multi-billion pound bidding war between Rupert Murdoch's
0: 21st Century Fox and Comcast? The former group CIO of Telcom has joined which South African company as acting CIO until the end of the year? Third question, Broadcom, Broadcom this week acquired which U.S. technology company? And South Africa this week unveiled a powerful new radio telescope in the Northern Cape. What is the radio telescope called? Quite exciting, that one, actually. Yeah, it is. And according to IBM Security, the last question, according to IBM Security, the average cost of a security breach in South Africa has risen to what? And it's quite a big number. Yeah, it's pretty staggering. As always, we'll get to the answers to the quiz at the end of the show. But let's, let's dive into this week's news. And um, I want to talk a bit about digital migration because it seems things are actually starting to move on that front. Uh, the minister of communications, Vula um, Mukonyane, is actually doing stuff, hmm. uh, which is which is quite exciting. Uh, we all know that she left her previous department in a in a bit of a mess, and that's putting it mildly. Water affairs <laughs> and sanitation, um, but she does seem to be moving a pace with getting a, a move on with this digital migration project, which is um, which is positive. Uh, of course, she's appointed this this panel, this advisory panel um, of uh, industry experts to advise her on on uh, on the migration process. And, of course, she's also head appointed Aldra um of Centec mm-hmm. to head up the um, project management office. And I'll be doing a podcast this week with Aldra uh to get an update on the digital migration program and what's involved and where we're going, and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm really looking forward to that discussion. Uh, but um, things seem to be happening. The um, – the, the 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 office that uh, Alter Dreyer is now heading met with TV manufacturers this week about bringing in integrated digital TVs into the South African market. In other words, TVs with integrated digital receivers in them. Uh, and as as we know, Rechard, um set-top boxes are only ever meant to be an interim measure uh, until people have these IDTVs and are receiving these signals. Um, the fact that they're having these conversations um, suggests that, um, although there's never really been a formal communication on this, but it, it appears that uh, we're pushing ahead now without encryption, which I think is a good thing. Mm. Um, there was such a waste of time on that encryption debate. How much? How can you quantify
1: the amount of money that was lost, potentially revenue generated, just just general money that we've lost by delaying this process? For oh, it must of. run.
0: I mean, I, I can't, but it must run into the billions of rand in 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 uh, lost revenue potential just from the mobile operators yeah. not having access yeah. to the spectrum um so it's it 's positive that the things are moving forward but um yeah i'll I'll be having a chat with uh with Aldred Dre. Excuse me for <laughs> our live <laughs> listeners i 'll have to cut that out for the podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it 's this chilly uh, chilly weather that 's bringing on a bit of a cold um, so <laughs> what was I saying? oh yes. Um, so, yeah, it's positive that things seem to be moving ahead. There's still so much work to do, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, once uh, once all the broadcasters have moved across to digital and the analog signal has been switched off, we still have to do something called digital restacking, which is the process of, of um, effectively restacking the spectrum um, to move the broadcasters around, free up mm-hmm. the digital mm-hmm. dividend band and uh and begin the process and that's a quite a complex process as well so I'm looking forward to chatting to Aldred about how what that involves exactly uh during our podcast this week but I think for the first time in a long time it looks like there's actually some momentum developing behind this thing we are 3 years past the deadline <laughs> um but um, you know better late than never i say uh, the que- the question is: Should we even be looking at digital terrestrial television at all anymore? Uh, I know a lot of money's been put into DTT. Sentec has spent billions rolling out its network, um, but uh, you know we may have gone too far down that path. We can't really just convert to the latest technology anymore. We need to kind of see this through, I think, maybe to some degree. Yeah, I mean, does it make so the question is Does it make sense to to have terrestrial television at all, or whether to simply um, use satellite bandwidth? To provide services to South Africans who don't have access to uh, to, to, um, pay TV services, direct-to-home pay TV services. And and maybe it makes sense. I mean, we've seen the um, success, and I I use the term success in in describing the number of customers they've rolled out, not necessarily how they're doing financially. I think they're losing quite a lot of money. Um, But we've seen the success in inverted commas of OpenView HD, uh, Mm. which is a free-to-air television platform launched by uh, the same company that owns... ENCA and ETV. Um, perhaps there's an argument that uh, we should just get get free up all of that spectrum because there's going to be more. We know there's going to be more and more pressure over the years uh, for the mo- mobile app providers, the wireless broadband providers, to use spectrum below one gigahertz. And in a country where fixed line penetration is so poorly developed, so many people are going to rely on wireless services to get online. Um, do we Do we really want to just free up that digital dividend, or should we try and be trying to free up everything for mobile broadband because those bands um, that even the digital TV broadcasters are going to sit in which I think is below seven hundred or below six hundred megahertz i 'm mm-hmm. sure in future there's going to be there 's going to be demand, and I think countries are going to start to look at possibly moving off terrestrial as well, so maybe we should lead the world in this project and just go satellite right now. Yeah,
1: look, it's, I think it's also inevitable that we're going to end up in that way. It's whether we do we leapfrog now, and uh, who's going to lose the most money. I think that if you if you look at that, um, if you look at that
0: direction, you might kind of see if it's going to be feasible or not. But I'm going to put that question to Aldred Dreyer this week when when I uh, meet with him, um, get his views. Um, should we should we can the project entirely and go satellite? Interesting to see what he has to say about that because you know, I think, I'm sure there's some nuance here. We, we know that a huge amount has been invested by Centec and broadcasters in rolling out DTT. Mm. Um, Mnet has already, or, or Multi Choice, has already launched uh, Go They're very they've quiet about it though, I'm not sure why. Um, but in, technically, you can go and buy a set-top box today from Multichoice and watch terrestrial digital TV through a platform called Go TV, it's available. Um, they're not marketing it. I'm not sure why. Whether governments asked them not to punt it, and f- given that uh, we haven't mm-hmm. really begun the rollover yet, but uh, you know, com- these companies have spent a lot of money on this. So, what would the implications be if we were to switch off terrestrial as an option? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Ald- Aldred will be in a much better position to um, to to to, to A's or to provide um, uh, expert views on that. So, I look forward to putting that question to him and seeing what he has to say about it. But yeah, we seem to be inching forward again.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely good news. I mean, you were talking about DSTV's uh, digital terrestrial plans. I mean, many, many years ago, um, there was a few players that actually had some demo phones and demo devices that were that were operating on the DVB-H, I think it was, or, or one of those kind of channels. And it was, I'm talking about four or five years ago. So it'll be nice to see these things coming into the market now, yeah. finally, as a consumer device. Because yeah. I, I thought they were pretty good and they definitely had, uh, served a need, you know, even if you don't get the quality through, even on a small device like that. Mm. But yeah, I think the data, digital broadband, that whole thing is definitely streaming. I mean, next five years, I think the current generation, you know, they don't really even look at terrestrial satellite as as a means of… Digesting content anymore, unless it's unless you've got DStV at home. Yeah. Um, for everybody else, uh, anybody in the young, younger generation, knows it's data, airtime. Yeah, yeah. Mobile. You know, you don't need anything
0: else. You're right. You're right. That. I mean, while we talk about possibly going digital uh, or going satellite for digital, of course, the top end of the market is moving off satellite now yeah. and onto IP. Um, you know, it's it's what terrifies multi choice is is uh, you know the the guys who are cutting the cord. Mm. are the guys who are on their premium subscription plan and they're going for, uh, you know, they get fiber, they cancel the DSTV, they get Netflix mm. or Amazon or a combination of them, uh, Showmax as well. Look in, in in
1: in 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 DSTV's defense or multi choice's defense too. I mean, if you look at what the DSTV off the DSTV offering is, and, and I'm not a subscriber, but you know, you can't really or you can't always equate it one for one. You know, unless you never watch any of those channels, which a lot of people don't. Mm. There is a lot more content on a satellite subscription. You know, you just get so much more coming through. Um, a, lot from, of it's, a lot of it's rubbish a lot of it's rubbish a lot of it's repeats too but I do from time to time the other night I was thinking you know, I went through Netflix there was nothing I wanted to watch I went through Showmax yeah, there wasn't anything I started a few things there was nothing really that caught my attention it was kind of the same things I've seen before mm. Now on satellite, you know, if if that's <laughs> if that's where you like to consume, um, you'll always have another option. So you can, you know, just watch something that's been kind mm-hmm. of um, curated for you. And maybe maybe that's what's needed in in a kind of digital broadcast environment, streaming environment, is give us some curated live streaming. Um, content, or at least curated content over a stretch of an evening, so like you would get you know three or four shows that were lined up for you, um, that you 're continuing to obviously play on demand if you want to because um, you know if you always have to go out and choose something you want, you do get to a point sometimes where I think you can 't find new content very easily, yeah. especially if you only have
0: access to two yeah. two channels, yeah well, this actually segues quite nicely into uh, our next topic, and that 's uh, super sport. Uh, They are multi-choice-owned Supersport, of course, uh, and DSTV and Mnet. And they announced earlier this week that uh, they will be opening up all of the Supersport channels. In other words, all the channels that are available on premium, I think there are 12 of them, Mm -hmm. 12 Mm -hmm. Supersport channels, to all subscribers. Uh, I think with the uh, exception of EasyView, which is that very base one that costs 20 or 30 rand a month.
1: What? I don't even know there was such a package. Is that like for... One or two channels, or
0: it's uh, it's it's kind of similar to Open View. It's um, so it's very basic, uh, free to air type content. Oh, okay. um, if you get the SABC, you get the SABC okay. channels. You okay. get, I think you get ETV, um, and then they've thrown in a few other um, things. I think Supersport Blitz is on there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, which is kind of a highlights uh, reel. Um, you just need to pay a television license, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and and you need to pay multi choice, uh, whatever it is. I think it's thirty or thirty five random mm, month That's not bad. But, um, but it's an alternative if if you if for example if your terrestrial uh, signal is poor, mm. if you're living mm. um, in a more outlying area, uh, you can you can get Easy View. And I actually know quite a lot of people who've got Easy View um, just because they don't want to have to fiddle with aerials and stuff. No, it makes sense. Um, but all the other channels, so access um I forget the names of all of these now, compact compact plus, which used to be called extra, I think, and then premium uh well premium obviously there's no benefit for premium customers, but everyone on a tier below that on the tiers below that rather um gets access to the full super sport channels as of the thirteenth of July this past Friday until the end of July, so for a period of just two and a half weeks or so. Was just to lure everybody in and to, to, to upgrade. Oh, I mean, I, clearly that's what they're hoping. Um, I mean, it's, it comes at an interesting time because uh, you know this is this is the, I mean, the sport that's on at the moment today. Mm, just today, mm, we've mm. got the World Cup final at five o'clock this afternoon. We've got uh, the Wimbledon final, which I will be glued to, mm-hmm. from three o'clock this afternoon. Uh, and there's Tour de France going on. There's so much sport happening at the moment, so they've opened it up to all subscribers. So an uh, interesting move clearly they're hoping to lure people on lower tiers into the higher tiers um, and it makes sense because they're losing customers at the premium yeah. tier and let's not forget this is also coming
1: from the company and, and, and I'm saying this very lovingly but that invented open time remember that eminent open time back in the day how many customers did that not bring for them because yes. they made some really quality programming available for free to anybody obviously the sbc wasn't very happy <laughs> at the
0: time <laughs> and that's why they had to stop it but um, no, they were told to stop it I think yeah, yeah. It was two hours of open time, then it mm. was reduced to one hour, I think, uh, and then it was removed completely. It was quality program. I remember that. I mean, loving. I remember re- no, not loving. There was some <laughs> really good stuff. I
1: mean, the stuff <laughs> that you grow up as a kid. You know, some the kind of sitcom shows that that uh, getting Malcolm in the Middle stu- type stuff, oh, top right. stuff. That yeah. uh, that uh, that's, as a kid you kind of grew up with that. Mm. We never had access to that otherwise. We didn't have the internet to see it. I'd actually, American shows. I'd actually
0: forgotten about those days. You sit there watching the squiggly lines on the TV and then <laughs> at five o'clock it suddenly becomes <laughs> <Sometime>. clear. <laughs> it was, it, it was called soapy. Loving, that soapy that was on there. Hey?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah it was, well, Loving was one of them, yeah. It was, but, it
0: was on for years and years and years.
1: It was, no, it, but Igoli was a thing that was on Mnet. That was a thing that drove the Mnet. Was maybe Maybe Loving was before that. I don't know. Never watched Nothing.
0: it. Nothing. No. I never, I didn't watch it either, but I think it was quite big. I'm sure you didn't watch it though. No, we, never. N- nobody would have assumed <laughs> 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 Soapies. Um It was I think it was a, one of the longest running soap operas in, in the world. Um uh, I don't know if oh, I don't crazy. know if it came to an end. Maybe it's still running somewhere. Probably it, is in some country, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but but interesting move by uh, by multi-choice um, they're under pressure there's no doubt about mm. it and I mean you were talking just before we started recording about this uh, infographic that was doing the rounds on, on Twitter this week mm. comparing the price of Netflix over two years with the price of DSTV Premium mm. and the, the suggestion was well no wonder people are quitting because it's 4,000 Rand for Netflix over two years versus something like 24,000 Rand for DSTV Premium over the same time frame um, and it's true. Um, you know, if you don't need, if you're not a sports addict, you don't need DSTV Premium, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Mm-hmm. There's so many good shows on Netflix and Amazon Prime and uh, even on Showmax. Yeah.
1: Look, there's a lot of stuff on DSTV that when I had it, never watched it. Mm-hmm. A lot of channels. I mean, I, I guess you can also argue the problem with having so many channels is you, you kind of get stuck on that couch. You know, you don't think about your programming. I think. From a health and wellness point of view, you know, that's another great another area in com- complete that you can argue mm. why having all that content on demand. Like, mm. okay, okay, we have it on the internet and people do it with gaming all the time. You sit in front of the
0: computer. But, you know, channel hopping is a terrible thing, terrible habit to get it into. Is. It is. Yeah. yeah it's a, such a time waster. Um, I, I don't channel hop at all anymore. I, I just don't do it. Um, if I want to watch something, I, sit, I decide what I want to watch. Then I sit down in front of the TV and watch it. I don't <laughs> sit there. Uh, what's on? Click. Click. Click, click, click. And I think that just makes people frustrated, you know, yeah, s- yeah. going through 40 channels of of uh, nothing. soap operas <laughs> or sport or whatever.
1: Um, yeah, it's, Look, it's there's some cool sports channels. I mean, obviously, Supersport is a great – Supersport is a great, fantastic service. Because there's just so much on there. And, yeah. and, and I do miss that. And you can't – there's nothing you can equate to. But, you know, do you argue that that's because Supersport's got a monopoly on it and they don't make it available to anybody outside
0: of their ecosystem, mm. maybe – yeah but I, th- I think at the end of the time day why? they
1: need to start making
0: yeah, a lot of people argue that uh, and you know I, I probably had this view as well for a while but you know a lot of people argue you know they need to break down this monopoly multi choice must be forced to share its sports rights why should they i mean they've built a successful company around Definitely. acquiring sports sports is, access to sports is not a human right by any stretch of the imagination Um, and they've built a very successful company. And if someone wants to challenge them, then let them challenge them. It's probably going to be someone like Netflix or Amazon who comes in and starts buying up sports rights. But... um do you punish them because they've been successful? I um, I used to think that you know, maybe there needs to be some regulatory intervention here, but I don't longer mm. think that. I think let the market sort itself out, and it will sort itself out. As we're seeing now with uh, with the decline in the number of premium subscribers, it's putting pressure on multi-choice. They're not going to be able to increase prices, or, mm. or at least they're not mm. going to be able to increase prices like they did in the past. Um, and they're being forced to be more inno- innovative. Um, for example, they've announced that they are going to be launching 4K on DSTV now. Nice.
1: I see. That's cool. That's bringing value again to what you've got. But when, when I look at the Supersport, the whole Supersport thing, you know, I, I'm, certainly, I'm certainly in agreement with you. I don't think there's legislation coming in or any, any kind of regulatory anything to do with this. But I, what I can see happening is if Supersport doesn't innovate and make this available, like maybe in an alternative way, maybe pay-per-view or something for the big games, you know, somebody's going to come in and take it away from them, and mm. people are going to jump they're not going to have loyalty because, you know, it was so difficult to get hold of it if you mm. weren't a subscriber. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. And we've seen it with so many things in the in, in the digital space. When the internet came in, how many companies battled and closed down because they didn't innovate. And, I mean, I'm sure, you know, multi-choice will stay up there with the innovation. But, man, would it be nice to, to see them come in with a really cool package X that, I mean, I don't know what it would be, but it will give people access to... Big games, mm. you know, that would make me more likely to be a super sports subscriber in the long term than jumping to somebody else as soon as they come in, because they've kind of made this option available to me. And that, that to me is how I feel
0: about kind of that that sensitivity around the sports rights. Mm. You
1: know,
0: so gonna, nice the to competition's see. good. It's going to make them. It's going it, to. It is already making them um, think about their mm. position in the market mm. and how what innovation they offer to consumers and. You know, I think I think 4K coming to DSTV now is, is the result of competition. I think yeah. the plans to launch streaming only a streaming-only version of DSTV is the result of competition. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. And without a doubt, somebody is going to come in and buy some sports rights. It's Take something away from – it might be a small thing, but it, it's going to happen. Somebody, some, A big company is going to come in. Let's say, again, let's say somebody like an Amazon or a company like ESPN who's got – Interest in sports already mm. for them to roll out just ESP in Africa in fact there probably is something like that already, yeah, um, you know they've probably got lots of lot more money behind them than somebody like uh choice in any case, yeah, so disruption is on the cards and uh, for sure for sure I would love to see a South African company come out top here yeah
0: it's going it looks like it's going to be the
1: big internationals
0: mm. um, who, do but, got, who do you think the guy is going to be going after the sports like this? I think Amazon. Mm. Amazon, they're, they're really showing so much interest. Netflix isn't really. no. Um, no. But you know, Amazon just recently w- won the rights to broadcast, uh, the streaming rights to broadcast the UK Premier League football. Um, they're broadcasting… Uh, I think how much it's money a,
1: that does that cost? That must be much more than
0: huge. rugby could ever be. Yeah, know, it's, and, and rugby yeah. is a, it's
1: one of the biggest things in South Africa, obviously. So yeah. if they can buy <laughs> soccer from a soccer-loving
0: nation… Yeah, it's a matter of time before one of these guys is in bit, in a bidding war against DSTV for the right to broadcast sport, mm. the sport. Mm. I would love
1: to be part of those uh, strategy meetings on the fly on the wall yeah. and see what they're thinking. Yeah. I'm sure they've got some cool plans. I'm sure logistically some of them are difficult to implement. And, mm. um, But man, we live in an exciting time when we know what the technology can do yeah. and customers are now starting to demand from
0: the service providers what they should be delivering on. Mm. I do, I do have a bit of a beef with, uh, with Calver Mawela, who is the CEO of Multi-Choice South Africa. He keeps repeatedly saying in interviews that, um, Netflix should be re- regulated the same way that, uh, DSTV is. He, we, 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 we are being competed against unfairly. He says, uh, net, Netflix doesn't even have a presence in South Africa. It's, uh, it, it needs to be regulated. It needs to face the same BEE rules and the same licensing things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I, you know, I think that's, um, I think that's wrong-headed. I think what he should be arguing for is less regulation on multi-choice, not more regulation on the competition. Of course, more regulation makes it easier for the incumbent operator, in this case multi-choice, uh, to fend off new mm. rivals. Um, I think what we should be looking for and, uh, and, and perhaps what politicians should be arguing for in Parliament is for less regulation of the sector, not more. Um, he's right that uh, he, that multi-choice has, uh, has an, uh, is in an unfair situation against relative to Netflix. But the solution to that isn't to um, insist no. that all the same regulations that apply to multi-choice apply to Netflix. The solution is to reduce the amount of regulation on multi-choice and other South African pay TV companies or broadcasters in general. I think that's the solution. Um, I think that, uh, of course, he's arguing for more regulation because it makes his job easier. Um, You know, they are, so they are tuned, finely tuned to dealing with the regulatory environment here in South Africa, whereas startups aren't. Mm. Let's make it easier for competition. Let's make it easier not just for Netflix, but anyone who wants to enter the space, Celsius Black, uh, you you know you name it. Um, there are lots of lots of them out there. Smaller players, um, and and guys who probably want to come into this industry. Mm. Um, lower the lower the barriers to entry and um, make it fair for everyone. But don't don't raise the barriers of entry for everyone, because exactly. yeah. that that only support that only um, serves to uh, protect uh, the the dominant player in the market, which is multi choice.
1: And I think, uh, you know, one last thing from our side, and I hope, the, I hope all of these guys are listening, it's, you know, the, I think these operators also need to, or these, these players, these broadcasts need mm. to also realize that people aren't going to be subscribing just to one service. So you yep. are always going to be subscribing to, whether you have DSTV and Netflix or DSTV, you always, there is going to be two or three subscriptions. So it's no point in trying to say, like, oh, one of the other ones is needs to be regulated or there needs to be some things that... Uh, Know, yeah. some, some things imposed on them because there's going to be other players regardless and people want to subscribe to them because you can never have all the content yeah. they will never be able to get all the content so if they can make peace with it and work competitively but happily in an ecosystem where you know it's like business 101 let's just out business the other guys with mm. what what we're offering maybe let's try and get those big blockbuster
0: movies before mm. Netflix can I mean that they do actually they do, they do but DSTV's the movie selection is much better than Netflix's movie selection and for well, a series, right. you go
1: to Netflix. I mean, it's, yeah. again, it because it, you, you get a different experience there. Mm. Um, I think everybody can work happily, and if you got the sport and again make it available to the guys, somehow with, I mean we'll pay for it. I'm not mm. saying we should get it for free. I mean we'll pay, and again, pay per view to me is is the thing I keep hammering on about. Mm. But for me, it's like pay the hundred hundred fifty rand for a rugby game or something or mm. a massive game. I, I don't know what how in line that pricing would be internationally, but it seems to be. Relatively fair. That's what a, a good rugby ticket price costs if you go to the stadium. You know, mm. it seems like it seems like a good solution. Mm. You know,
0: I would pay for it, and they'd probably make more money off of it. Yeah, I'm sure inside MultiChoice they're having these discussions all the time. Do we unbundle SuperSport? Do we make the SuperSport channels available to uh, to competitors? Um, but look, it, 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 I mean, if they do this route that I was addressing, they can still it'll still make
1: more in, uh, sense for somebody to be subscribed if they watch a lot of sport. But for people that like me who don't really care too much for all the channels, Yeah, I've got money that I would give to somebody to watch these games. For now, I'm But you don't to, want a premium subscription. But I don't want to. Pre- but now my money goes to the pub where I go sit to yeah. watch the game. And that's the reality of it. It's not in the comfort of my own home. Mm. And these are little decisions that we make, 150 Rand here, 200 Rand there, over the period of a year, mm. I'll, be, I'll be paying a fair share towards multi-choice if that was an option available to me. They would, now they're not getting that money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it makes sense to do it. I'm sure they've thought of it. I mean, I'm sure also, they have. They it's must very be a smart, very smart company, very smart guys. And um, I'm sure they've looked at all of these options, and they've, I'm sure they've got actuaries in there who crunch the numbers and – um, I think it's also got to do with the platform. To be honest with you, it's, yeah. it's and also the repercussions.
1: I need to f- think about it very carefully. Like, what are the repercussions if I do live stream
0: certain oh, do pay per view yeah. for certain events? Maybe when they introduce the live streaming service, uh, the, sp- the streaming only service next year, there will be a pay per pay per view element to it. Who knows? Mm. Be interesting to see. It would be very interesting yeah. to see. Otherwise, Amazon's going to do it. I can guarantee yeah. you that. <laughs> By the way, if you. Um, If you are a uh, DSTV uh, subscriber, go and have a look at DSTV Now um, if you have a 4K TV. Go to All Channels and scroll down to the very last channel in the list, and you'll see something called R&D Testing. Um, I am led to believe that that is testing of a 4K stream. Um, I got it to work on my phone in the DSTV Now app. I tried it on the web on my PC, and I also tried it on my iPad in the app, and it didn't work. I got a black screen. The audio came through. But I got a, I got the stream on my, uh, on my smartphone. Uh, it's very much, I guess, in testing phase right now, so maybe, perhaps it's even working. So uh, if you're listening to this live and uh, you, you want to watch the World Cup this afternoon in 4K, maybe it's going to be there. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, but, um, I, you know, I, I haven't been able to get it to work on my on my PC, uh, but then I haven't looked since Friday. But the last, very last channel called R&D Testing on DSTV Now is apparently their 4K test feed. So if you're interested in seeing what it's going to look like. And have a That's look. That's the way to do it. Nice. Yeah. Keep an eye on it because I uh, am jealous as a non-DSTV subscriber. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Four yeah, K is going to be uh, going to be fantastic. In fact, I'll be watching all. You know, if they launch their channels in four K, I'll I will consume all content that I consume on DSTV, not through the set-top box, but through through streaming mm. I will definitely, will able, I'll definitely. do it like that in a heartbeat 4K fantastic and
1: I think that'll be a perfect test bit for them to see how many of their customers do it which probably be most of them
0: most fiber connected guys will definitely do it to do they've it. got 4K, 4K TV and those. Are the, I think the penetration of 4K TVs is rising quite nicely in the market now yeah, yeah. prices have come down significantly I see you can buy a 50-55 inch 4K TV now for about 12 grand that's crazy yeah, yeah it's crazy
1: also got a 720p LG yeah I don't use it that often because I mean, my computer is my main source of thing. But it, I'm yeah. surprised that that thing's still going. And yeah. that thing cost me what ten
0: grand back in the day. Mm. I bought um, I bought my TV about maybe two two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago. Uh, I bought a sixty inch LG plasma. Um, I went I went for plasma because of the quality of the blacks in the image. Um, uh, it's not not as great on on LED. Um, they don't make plasmas anymore, do
1: they? No, they stopped making them. It was <laughs> one of
0: the very last ones, which is why I actually yeah. decided to pull the to pull the trigger and get the upgrade at the time. Um, but it doesn't support 4K; it's a 1080p TV. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe I'll sell it. And if it. Into, yeah, if you're willing to sell it, maybe let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> my next My next TV is going to be OLED. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, OLED yeah. 4K. Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, and the OLED prices have come down as well. I was looking on Take-A-Lot the other day. You can now buy a LG 70-inch OLED TV for 30,000 rand. Wow, that's a massive TV. Where do you put something like that? 70-inch? <laughs> I've, I've got, got, got this. I've I actually kind of got this informal policy. Whenever I buy a new TV, <laughs> it has to be bigger than the last one. <laughs> Where are you going to end up, Duncan? You know they don't make TVs
1: larger than I think 110 inches no, or something? No,
0: Samsung does a 150-inch TV. Oh, really? Jeez. Mm, but I don't think that'll fit in my lounge. Yeah, and also, the bank would probably say no. Yeah, no, I think that one costs about a quarter of a million, if not more. Um, actually, I think it's over a million, <laughs> now that I think about it. Uh, but prices will come down. Mm. And that 70-inch yeah. OLED this time next year will probably be twenty grand. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I must hold off because I want OLED. I don't, I don't want one of these backlit LED TVs. No, OLED yeah. is just – have you ever seen an OLED TV in action? No, it, no, yeah. I haven't. Beautiful. These things are – Microscopically thin, um, because the uh, the OLED technology, yeah, just the panel, wafer, yeah. it's wafer thin, and um, and the contrast and the blacks on the screen—that's the most important thing in these in these TVs—is is, is superior to plasma. Um, it's true black on the screen. <laughs> oh, um, you know, you get this, this light bleed and stuff on yeah, LED. Yeah. Um, but it's incredible how quickly OLED prices have come come down. And LG is the company that's really been championing it. Mm. Um, Samsung hasn't.
1: Mm, um, mm.
0: they've got some proprietary thing called QLED or something uh, I'm not quite sure how it works but as I probably
1: upscaling something
0: to something right? yeah I think it's still backlit LED as far as I as far as hmm. I know um, but OLED, OLED I think is the is the future and I think all the manufacturers are going to go in that direction eventually
1: yeah, I think you I need to upgrade my VHS player first um, <laughs> And and uh, yeah, and then maybe to the D- D- DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah. I think blu is still a thing. When are you going to replace that Blackberry of you? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the original Nokia thirty-three ten? <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. This week I am speaking of migrating back away from platforms. Uh, I'm going to be Apple-free this week. I'm moving hmm? back completely to Windows um, and your iPhone. Yeah, I'm I'm fully on Android right now. Um, I'm gonna I've got Windows, obviously. I've got a Windows machine, but my notebook's gonna be a Windows notebook as well. So Do you know yeah. what you're going for yet? Mm, I know. I'm I'm waiting for my options to arrive. It's either going to be a Dell XPS oh, nice. or an way.
0: Uh, I know which one you're going for. Well, I mean, they're both Dell, actually.
1: They're both <laughs> Dell. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. I'm so I need, mm. to, I need to. I need to. I'm going to see which one is more suited to my uh, purposes, power-wise, and then we'll see. Yeah, mm, it's going to be interesting. Interesting migration to go away from Windows. It's a bit of a say From Mac. Ach, from Mac. I mean, yeah. from Mac OS.
0: Mac OS, sorry. Mac OS, yes. <laughs> 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 We were suitably chastised by one of our listeners a few weeks ago
1: for calling it Mac OS. But seeing in conversation, Mac OS, just, it's easy to say. You, know, you, don't is, break, yeah. you don't break up
0: Mac OS and then you go on. Yeah. Yeah. And right I suppose to. it's iOS as well, not iOS. Um, yeah. Mm, doesn't really matter. Doesn't no. really matter at the end of the day, no. No. Let's take a quick ad break. We'll be back right after this for our uh, live listeners. We'll be back right now. Are you a search engine? Because you found me. I feel we have a strong connection. Well, you're pretty fly for a Wi-Fi. Should we drop it like a hotspot and head back to yours so we can show Max and snuggle? Let's get giggle with it. Uh, but I don't have fiber. Don't get caught in 50 shades of delay. Broadband your horizons and switch to Vox's super fast, super reliable fiber network. Experience the momentum. Connect your world. Visit us at vox.co.za forward slash fiber. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Rehat? How's it, Duncan? Good, thanks. The last bit of news to talk about this week. Uh, I don't know if if, uh, you're excited at at this as I I am, probably shouldn't be. Um, Photoshop is coming to the iPad. Um, That's quite a significant development, right?
1: Well, Photoshop has been. It's just now a different… No, this is the full Photoshop. Yeah, this is just a different… I mean, the the previous ones were… I didn't really find much use, in them. they were glorified photo editors. Yeah. If I was using my iPad more, I would say yes. But at the moment, the iPad just plays Netflix. Okay. In my life, you know, it's right. not really. Um, I'm, I'm still. A, I still need a physical because there's so many shortcuts and so many things when I'm when when I do use Photoshop. You yeah, know, I think. Um, but it's un- inevitable that's the way to go. I mean, mm. if you have a full touchscreen-enabled um, photo editor like Photoshop,
0: yeah. there's going to be a lot of lot more people using it, that's for sure. The interface will obviously have to be a bit different to what you get on Mac and, and mm. Windows. Um, but if it's easy to do certain things,
1: because Photoshop, mm. is, you still have a bit of a learning curve, right? If you look at mm. um, what Adobe does with their software titles and how, I mean, uh, their software on, on PC and Mac, is, it's pretty complex. You need to kind of understand. If you yep. know the ecosystem, it's straightforward. If you use it for years, you can kind of get by. But when you look at the app generation, you know it needs to be, or it has to be, from a user interface point of view, has to be pretty easy to use. So if they can bring all that strong, that strong features of Photoshop into an app and make it easy to use, like um, full, full sections, you know, to Mm -hmm. remove stuff out of the background or to, to cut and paste certain things to create those photoshopped
0: images. I think this is going to be pretty interesting. Of course, it's going to be fully integrated with uh, the uh, Adobe Cloud. So um, nice. any work you you begin on your iPad, you can continue on your desktop, um, which I think is pretty powerful. Um, it's uh, it's only going to come out next year, apparently, according to uh, according to the reports. Um, and my guess is it's only going to run on certain iPads. Uh, yeah. I would imagine the iPad Pro, probably the one that comes with the pencil. Yeah, it would make sense to do it for that. I don't think uh, my third-generation iPad would no. have support for this. <laughs> I suspect my my iPad Air two might not. It might not support that either. Mm. Um, it's it's the high-end, uh, more modern iPads. I'd imagine that have the grunt necessary to run an application as powerful yeah, as Photoshop. Yeah. And then also, if you look at the time frame, it's very likely that
1: they will be introducing, I would imagine, a new version of Photoshop for for other platforms that'll just kind of, because you would have to have the same kind of engine, mm. underlying engine, right? Um, some of the stuff would probably be, you know, maybe some of the stuff on the iPad gets uh, offloaded to the cloud for processing. You know, oh, possibly. Maybe, maybe, mm. maybe if you have a desktop computer with some processing power, I don't know, they could do some really interesting things because they've got that system, you know, they've got the, the cloud process, they've got the cloud storage for all their design files. Yeah. Um, so, And things sync quite nicely in the Adobe ecosystem. So if if they do use this as an opportunity mm. to Photoshop, maybe some of the other apps, um, introduce, I mean, Premiere Pro is another one of my favorite apps that I use all the time. If they do something like that on a mobile platform, Mm. something powerful, a powerful video editor, there's another kind of opportunity, I think, to gain the masses because it's such a big thing these days. Everybody's shooting on their
0: mobile device. Mm. I wonder how they price it on the iPad as well. I mean, I presume it'll be included in the, in the Creative Cloud subscription if you have one of those, but I wonder if they're going to mm. sell it as a standalone app for iPad as well. I would imagine not. I mean, I think it's $10 now for one app. So if you just get Photoshop
1: or I think there's a photographic bundle, which is $20, which you mm. get Photoshop and maybe one or two other things, mm. or Lightroom. I would imagine that they put this in that package. Um, yeah. Yeah. Unless they've got a specific mobile-only version for $10 once or for something, you know, like they normally do. But it doesn't make sense because yeah. they keep updating it so often. They do. And they would. I would imagine that they
0: would want to make this work in an ecosystem, mm. work with yeah. your desktop machine. Yeah. Not, not I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, my annual subscription to Creative Cloud is coming up in a few weeks, and it's always painful watching that because uh, I'm subscribed to the full Package Mm. and I pay annually. Oh, yeah, Uh, no, I do monthly. It's not too bad, it's 600 bucks or so. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. What uh, what does it work out to you? It's about eight grand, seven, eight grand. It's It's a lot of money. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, you get the option where you can get two apps for, I think, $20 a month or $30 a month. Um, But I use three apps Mm. Uh, I I use use Photoshop, uh, Audition, and um, a bit of Premiere Pro. Uh, and I keep meaning to teach myself Illustrator, but I haven't done so. <laughs> um, but I, I use those three apps, so um, I, I need, I need, uh, I need the full package, even though I don't use the other twenty apps. Yeah, yeah, the DSTV model all over again. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> should we, should we make this topic? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, unbundle Illustrator, but unbundle <laughs> Premiere Pro. If you, look not at, if you look at Adobe share price, it is done. That model, that cr- the cloud subscription mm. model, has done so well. From that share price, has just been going through the stratosphere.
1: Look, as somebody that makes a living of using the software, it's worth it. Compared job. to now versus what I used before Creative Cloud, when you had your yearly licenses GIMP. and generic updates. No, I never used GIMP. You oh, know? I was always, guy, far, always Adobe. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I tried it. It was. It had lots of promise but yeah. didn't really deliver but paying monthly for software the amount of improvements they do just the quality of the adobe software mm. you know i'm i'm a happy client i yeah. really am i wouldn't it's it's one of the few tools that that i would happily pay dropbox is another one you know mm. you get the service you pay for um, and you can entrust them with you know that level of i mean they do mess up sometimes there's been some updates that kind of broke things and broke some premiere pro videos of mine which i haven't forgotten Given them for yet <laughs> but um, it 's a great service if you 're in a creative industry mm. yeah there's no doubt about
0: that, no doubt about that great well, that takes care of this week 's news let 's move on to our uh, regular features we don 't have a loser this week, um, but our winner this week is Netflix uh, for scooping the most Emmy nominations, beating HBO for the oh. first time. Uh, it just shows you the rise and rise of netflix as a as a force in the television industry um, and uh, yeah, beating HBO, which of course that is incredible. incredible.
1: HBO used to have all the stuff, mm.
0: all the all the the best series. Mm. I
1: mean,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. And
1: Netflix has done very well though. I mean, but again, the thing is, once you've watched all of those awesome titles, then you need to wait for the next batch of really cool things. From Netflix. I can't keep
0: up. I cannot keep up. Every time I fire up Netflix, it's three new series. New, yeah. um, We're not going really to binge something. I haven't binged a series in a while. No, I, I, we tend to my wife and I tend to watch one or two episodes at a time mm. um, and we probably get through four or five episodes in a in a week. Um so we, we don't watch that much TV and mm. so um yeah maybe maybe I'm for binge watchers maybe there is a lack of content but I certainly you know I finish a show and lack of content for oh, what to <laughs> sure. Yeah, and of course Ozark is coming uh, next month. Oh yeah, can't wait for that. Did you see season 1 of Ozark? Yes, yeah. yes what yes. a fantastic show. Really looking forward to season two of that. The show that I am uh, that I am um, absolutely besotted with at the moment is um, Peaky Blinders. Oh, yeah. Did uh, I've watched it? it. I watched yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think I've finished the whole thing, but it is cool. It's yeah. a very nice period yeah. show. You have to watch it with uh, with subtitles um, because some of the accents are really difficult to, <laughs> to figure out. Yeah. But um, yeah. it is fantastic television. Uh, it's i it's, want it's, um, season three now, and it, uh, mm. it's, it's in my top three TV shows of all time. Really, really. Good. There's
1: another one related, similar in in kind of I think period is. Um, oh, oh, no, I completely forgot my uh, Empire Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire. I've never it's, seen it. that. It's kind of also Prohibition era, 1920s. Mm-hmm. I think it's Chicago or Atlantic City or something. Okay. The start of that. Which uh, I, I really appreciate shows like that. Okay. What's your pick this week? So I've been. I've got these cameras that I've had for about a year they're, they're i p cameras um, by a company called Amarillo um, and I use them from time to time but uh Amarillo Mexico Amarillo, Amarillo yeah um what now, song was that
0: Amarillo depeche mode saying that
1: Didn't they I don't know. No, no, I'm going to have to think of the lyrics, and it's probably going to on the way home. I'm probably going. Ah, oh, that was a song behind the wheel or something. Uh, I forget. Anyway, anyway. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, <on. laughs> um, I've so I've set up these cameras again. Um, Amarillo uh, It's a company name, and they're both in South Africa. or At least the, the the local agents for them. But what makes these. Products, very cool, is – I mean, they – you kind of out of the box, you set them up pretty straightforward. It's pretty straightforward to set up. Um, you don't – the app, once you fire up the app, you put in your Wi-Fi details, you scan a little cure- code, the camera scans it, and then everything works. Um, and then it obviously automatically syncs up to the web because it's via your internet connection. So if you have fiber, the mm-hmm. quality is much uh, – is very good. So it took me – 10 minutes to set up both cameras um, because I've got a show today so I just wanted to make sure everything's going well um, at my place so I just put the two cameras up installed them quickly and it works and I showed you just before the show um, just you know, how effortless it is so now that I've uh,
0: He's that guy in a, in a mask in your house Oh yeah, he shouldn't mask. be Why is he picking up the
1: TV? That's, <laughs> that's not right <laughs> Look, there is a way for you to call the emergency services. If you see something like that, you can program in a number and then it will automatically call you know whatever you want. Yeah. But there you can see I've got two cameras set up. Um, and they – I mean, it's streaming obviously over fiber, so the connection mm. is good. It's doing at 720p. Um, but, it, you know, these are the kind of things you can just pick up and place somewhere if you need it. The one is certified to be outdoor. It's a patio camera, Amarillo patio, so you can mount it outside. Waterproof waterproof yeah um and the other one is an indoor camera with infrared um and you can also um it's called the IK um so it is the iCare FHD, and it's got a few uses. Um, it comes with a little remote control that you can activate the panic alarm. So one of the uses for it is you can set it up for, you know, you know if your parents are old or in an elderly home or something like that. Um, there's a panic button if you need help. Um, and there's two-way communication so you can speak to the person on the other side. Let's should check that they're not hearing what we're saying when I – do that. <laughs> no, I've set, it, I've set it up not to do it. But so you can have a conversation with with this camera and it, both of them do 360 degree rotation so you can pan um, pan around. It can For be kind of
0: fun during a show house. Hey, you, what are you doing? What are you
1: doing? I, I can see you. Why are you talking? What, what are you saying about this? <laughs> that, that spot in the roof was there. <laughs> so, I mean, the prices range from uh, just under three uh, to about four and a half. Per camera. Um, Per camera, yeah, okay. um, but again, it's the kind of thing. If you have one, or if you have multiple, you know, the app works with all of them. You can you can view all of them, um, and it's one of the one of the kind of most accessible home IP cameras I've played with for a long time. Easy to use. Very easy to use, very easy to set up. Is it Wi-Fi, Ethernet? Um, Wi-Fi, like I said, so to set it up, you literally plug in the camera, once it's booted up, it does a little rotation to check that the motors are working. You have an app on your phone that you scan, you show the little QR code to the camera, it then registers all the settings, the the Wi-Fi settings. And then you've got access to it, and then obviously it's over the internet um, mm. as well. And it's not streaming all the time; only when you look, only when you when you yeah. go in. You can have it recorded, so it does plug into Google's um, Drive, so you can record straight to your hard drive um,
0: automatically when it picks up. Pretty quickly. D- oh, but I suppose you can set it to. you yeah, you set it, to, well, set it or or
1: to when there's movement. So what yeah. I've got is set it up as soon as it picks up movement, it'll record a clip. Oh, nice! And save the photograph. Um, I'd like, like to get
0: something like this I'm going to have a look I'll, at this I'll,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll even get you one of these you can play with them they are really cool and I've played with a lot of these cameras and some of them are very difficult to set up I've tried before um, I, I had a camera from a company called
0: Axis I think
1: yeah. um, you see Axis are great cameras they're superb great but camera, they're very but high end hard to use And they're, not, they're mm. not designed for you to set up in your house they're business cameras yeah yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can. I've got two big access cameras that that you can live stream IP, and it's, it's beautiful what you can do. I mean, yeah. you can do you can track number plates and all those things, mm. but you know, it's overkill for yeah. for most home users. Are these 4K cameras? Or no, 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 these aren't 4K. They're 720 and 1080. Do they I do a 4K? Uh, I don't think so. I haven't seen anything new from them in that. Well, you know, that
0: 1080 is fine. Right, actually, for to be with you, yeah. even
1: 720. Oh, look, I at mean, it is. It would be nice to have something like 4K, but again, you need to then look at bandwidth upload. Yeah, if you have access to fiber. Um, yeah, and I had, an, an, you know, a question that one of the things that always pop up for me when I'm looking at stuff like this is, what is the security like for the feed that I'm pushing out? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, you know, so that's obviously something you always need to be wary of. You know, do you trust the company? Potentially with the the credentials and i have had i 've had this question i 've posed this question to these guys um, and you know Amarillo is one of the few companies that' got all the right certifications in place if you go if you do a search online um, you, you know you have people raving about this, you're talking about the security um, i don 't even from think a, from of that a very from a very you know it 's a solid you yeah. know, this isn 't what the Americans fear—a a, ZTE-style business that you can't <laughs> trust—the thing, um, their services. So you, you have to be very cautious with that. To and necessary. Two-factor authentication. Um, this doesn't have two-factor authentication. It doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. Okay. Um, but it's it's secured connection. It is. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking: secured. in case someone
0: gets your password, do they have
1: two-factor authentication on their website? Oh, on their web. But this isn't. This is going straight from
0: device to. But if your they've got your password, can they access your stream?
1: Well, there's no. I don't have an account with Amarillo, so the oh, connection is between the camera and my app. Oh, I see. It's
0: direct. There's no Amarillo. Involved. So if I do
1: record, yeah, if I do record, it'll go straight to um, Google Drive. Look, I mean, yes, if if they're a malicious company, there's a lot of ways in that places in that chain where they can get mm-hmm. access to it. Mm-hmm. But I would be more wary of um, why would dodgy they? Routers. Why would they want to do why that? Why would they, they, they want to do oh, it? Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, they've got a very very good track record. I've I haven't heard of seen of any potential breaches. Is it an American company? Yeah, it's an American company, and they've got uh, local distributors. Yeah. You can find them on Facebook, Amar- or amarillo.co.za. But that's with a Y, A-M-A-R-Y-L-L-O.co.za.
0: I'm pretty sure that Depeche Mode's uh, song goes, Amarillo, New Mexico. Talking about like a Johnny Cash song. I'm going to have to go listen to it uh, after that show someday. <laughs> um, my, my pick this week is a uh, a startup um, website which uh, I had an interview with one of the co-founders this week, uh, a chap by the name of Josh Miltz. The company is called BitFund, bitfund Uh, bitfund.co.za. As you know, I've been playing in uh, Bitcoin. Um, I bought my Bitcoin through Luno. Uh, I've sold all my Bitcoin in Luno now, and I've transferred it across into BitFund. And I've um, I've joined one. uh, They've got multiple funds which they manage in, in cryptocurrency. So I've joined something called the Balanced 10 Fund, uh, put in a little bit of extra cash as well. Mm. And um, the, they've got three or four different funds that they manage, uh, depending on your risk appetite and, and uh, what you're trying to do. Um, I've gone for the, the basic one, which is something called the Balance. I think it's called the Balanced 10 Fund, which invests in the top 10 cryptocurrencies based on weighted according to their market capitalization and rebalanced weekly. Uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, so uh, they, I, I've invested. So through this now, I've invested from from largest to smallest in Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, Bitcoin Cash, EOS, Litecoin, Stellar, Cardano, IOTA, and Neo. I haven't heard of most of those. <laughs> yeah, I must say a couple of them I also hadn't heard of, like Cardano. Um, but it's a, nice, it's a nice way of um, approaching the market. So, you know, Bitcoin is obviously the one with the highest market cap. It makes up about 53% of the portfolio in this balanced fund. Um, they've got other funds where your exposure, they can invest, for example, in the, I think the top 20 cryptocurrencies where your exposure to any one cryptocurrency is no more than 15%. So it's capped. Um, once again, it gets rebalanced weekly or fortnightly. Um, but it's an interesting approach. Um, they charge 2.4% a year in uh, fees. Uh, so it's probably n- not the cheapest option out there. Uh, and then they charge 1% to, f- to withdraw your money. Um, hmm.
1: But I decided to go for it.
0: Um, you know, I was invested in Bitcoin. And I thought to get give more exposure to the market because, you know, there must be other coins out there that are going to be doing yeah. some interesting things. It's clever to do it like that, mm-hmm. I think. Right. And I'm really doing this to learn as well. And um, so now I'm invested in 10 coins. Uh, Ten cryptocurrencies, including. I was just going to say, do you have ten coins? Wow! (laughs) No, wish, (laughs) especially (laughs) Bitcoin. (laughs) Um, But yeah, these these smaller coins. Like, I mean, I've Litecoin, for example. Um, I don't know nothing about Litecoin. I know nothing about Cardano or IOTA. But now that I've got some some money in them, and certainly on some of these uh, some of these cryptocurrencies, my exposure is quite small, um, uh, just because of their relative market cap compared to things like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, but I'm invested now, so it's it's a learning process, and I'm going to, you know, if I see a story now on Cardano, I'm probably going to read it, mm, uh, mm. learn about more about this. Um, so yeah, Bitfund geekery, It's an um, interesting little startup. Um, if the uh, if if the fees, if you can get ra- uh, get your way through the 2.4% annual fee, um, then uh, have a look at them. They're quite cool, and uh, if you've got some spare cash lying around, have a punt. Although I must say, this is not investment advice. and
1: uh, I'm not a financial advisor. I am not a financial advisor. Not advisor. I am no advice.
0: expert, and you may lose all of your money. Yeah. <laughs> Before anyone thinks of suing me. <laughs> but and then just like as a final, as an as a add on pick to yours, yeah, yeah, go, check
1: pick. Out, go check out deadcoins.com. Deadcoins. Deadcoins.com. Coins. Dead it's basically a list of
0: coins that have died
1: have died has been hacked or was scams or was parody coins it's okay. just a nice little be report, quite a long entry. list of oh, no, it's pages and pages and
0: pages <laughs> but if you're not sure go reference that list <laughs> There was that uh website um i can't say its name on on the show since we're a clean channel but uh, remember Fost company magazine mm-hmm. um it came right around the, the dot com bubble i think it might still be going actually uh and um, and then of course the whole market fell to pieces and there was a website that was launched to chronicle all the dot coms that were failing. It was called uh, um, well I'm going to abbreviate it here, but it was called eftcompany.com. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that. That's clever. Yeah. Um, uh, dot com. And yes. it was a hugely popular website at one point because there was you know after the dot com bubble burst there was a, there were dot coms going out of business every day.
1: It was difficult to get track of them. I mean yeah. it was
0: it was a huge thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was. It all those was. baby diaper businesses who went out of business. Yeah. I mean, oh. Pet food
0: and <laughs> all the rest of it. And Amazon survived, 80 Amazon not only survived, but good grief. It looked like they're going to be the first company to a trillion dollar market cap. Incredible stuff. And I think that's our show for this week. Part quiz results. Uh, let me do the first question. Which pay TV provider is currently the subject of a multi-billion-pound bidding war between Rupert Murdoch's 21st Century Fox and Comcast? And the answer is the UK's Sky. And uh, maybe there's hope for DSTV yet. I mean, Sky <laughs> is a legacy pay TV broadcaster, yeah, just like DSTV. Yeah.
1: No, that, that's a good point, actually. If somebody buys them out or buys them and takes them into the 21st century, you never know. Second question The former group CIO of Telcom has joined which South African company as acting CIO until the end
0: of this year? And I forgot to put in that question uh, that his name is Len Davilliers. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer there is the JSE. The JSE. And Broadcom this week acquired which US technology company? And that is CA Technologies, formerly known as Computer Associates. Wow, that's a blast from the past. Yeah. Fourth question. South Africa this
1: week unveiled a powerful new radio telescope in the Northern Cape. What is the radio telescope called? And the answer is the Meerkat. We didn't even speak about this, but that's pretty exciting stuff, I think.
0: Yeah, it is is pretty exciting. Did you see the first photo? No, I didn't. Uh, didn't. Some image of the center of of our Milky Way galaxy. Very cool. I'm going to go check that out. Um, And, of course, that's the precursor to the giant square kilometer array, which will will be the world's biggest radio telescope by some margin. Giving us Wi-Fi in every corner of the universe, <laughs> Netflix everywhere you go. Well, possibly picking up uh, Wi-Fi from the planet Zorb. <laughs> <laughs> according to, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the last question this week, according to IBM security, the average cost of a security breach in South Africa has risen to, to how much? And the answer there, 36.5 million rand. Mm. And that's our show for this week. As always, if you've got any feedback, uh, WhatsApp number is oh seven one triple nine double one double one. That's oh seven one triple nine double one double one. Please send us a WhatsApp voice note any time during the week is cool, and we'll include it in our next show next Sunday afternoon. We record lives, lives. We record live around (laughs) uh, one PM on a Sunday afternoon. It's been great having you in the studio, Rechard. Good to be back. Um, But uh, no doubt we will be talking over the intertubes again next week. Yeah, it's funny how complacent and comfortable you get in your own little space studio and your space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um so yeah, from Richard on myself until next week. Take care and cheers. Ciao ciao.